Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to a new episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. I am your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And with me today, I have longtime contributor, Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? good but i think i need to clean my ears because i thought you said like colton classic like pills podcast colton classic pills that's a different one that's a very that's that's a a very different podcast not this one that's our yeah that's our underground uh underground pusher (laughs) podcast um no this is colton classic films and for those of you who've been waiting for our big announcements constantly saying we've got things in the pipeline that you're gonna be excited about uh we do and we're planning to launch them uh early july so keep keep waiting keep tense keep excited and make sure you go and join our mailing list at coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter uh where we'll be sending you cool stuff and also you get access to giveaways uh, all sorts of neat things so go do that totally free all you need is your email okay so this week's pairing uh and next week's is something i like to call um uh what what do I like to call this? Oh, uh, Squatch Watching is what I like to call this. Why? Because it is a double feature of Bigfoot, aka Sasquatch films. Uh, it's some I've always enjoyed Bigfoot lore, and uh, this is an interesting pairing. We will talk today about 2013's Willow Creek, a uh, found footage style horror film. There's a lot to talk about. It's directed and written by comedian Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, this was his second feature film. The first was God Bless America, about uh, a, a an older divorcee and a young girl who go on a murder spree across America, killing the most irritating celebrities. Uh, it is uh, lots of lots of fun. Uh, this one is was a departure from that. Uh, as I said, it is a found footage film. We're going to talk about it, and then next week we're going to compare it to the certainly even more cultish Bigfoot's Bride from I believe 2021 somewhere around there so we'll talk about that and uh it's gonna be gonna be a blast so let's get right into this willow creek willow creek is the name of the creek that goes through uh the the area where the most famous bigfoot footage of all time was shot uh it is the the i forget the name the gimler something um footage but it's the one everybody recognizes that all of the bigfoot silhouettes are based off of you get this loping you know hairy figure kind of just loping behind uh 
brush into the woods from the creek. It is still the holy grail footage for most Bigfoot believers. Bobcat Goldthwait, interestingly enough, is a big Bigfoot fan and believer. Uh, he's actually, in addition to making this movie, he ha has guest starred on Finding Bigfoot, uh, the television series, which ran for many years uh, about a group of people that they loved together to try and find Sasquatch. And uh, we actually tried to get Cliff on this episode as well from that show, a uh, very nice guy, uh, but he wasn't, he's not into the movie scene of Bigfoot, which is interesting. But uh, Bobo, for those of you who watch the show, is. So maybe one day we'll have him on here. Any who's-its, as you can tell, I know a little bit about Bigfoot lore. Sure, I think most people, even those people who are interested in Bigfoot, most of us kind of accept that it's unlikely that there is a very, very large primate living in North America that we don't know about. But hey, I don't know. Who's to say? I also didn't think Donald Trump would be president, but here we are. So uh, Bigfoot seems a lot more likely to me. Uh, so who knows? So Willow Creek, let me give you the rundown of the plot. As I said, it is a real place. It is in Willow Creek, California. Uh, that is where this film was shot. And it stars two actors who are actually quite well-known and established actors who play a young couple. Uh, the woman does not believe, uh, and the boyfriend does, and is actively trying to film a little documentary about Willow Creek and Bigfoot. And he's trying to sort of retrace the steps of the, the famed Gimler footage. So our cast, uh, the boyfriend is Bryce Johnson. He is uh, well known for long run on Pretty Little Liars. Um, he had a little bit parts in American Horror Story, the TV show Popular that ran in about 2000, 2001. Uh, he's done a lot, and so he is somewhat recognizable. And then Alexi Gilmore also it plays the girlfriend. She is not a Bigfoot believer in real life, interestingly enough, whereas Johnson is. And she was Olivia and definitely maybe. She was in the movie Labor Day with Kate Winslet. Uh, so she's also successful, which is nice to see. And I think it, I think that their casting pays off because they do seem to have chemistry and also... This movie, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait said that he basically had like a 25-page outline for the film, and about 80% of everything is ad -lib. Um, And sometimes, you know, these found footage movies often have ad-lib as part of it, and that's often the downfall of many of these movies, right, is you get people who really should not be ad-libbing, ad-libbing. And I think in this case, they held their own pretty well, uh, but we'll talk about it. First critical reception of this movie, it was it's been fairly well received, um, especially for a uh, sophomore effort from a comedian who sort of was not in the public eye for a long time, but also for a found footage horror film. The vast majority of them are god awful terrible. Need I remind listeners of uh, our much discussed, uh, infamous feature of Chupacabra? Was it Legend of the Chupacabra? uh that was i i that missed a, that one though, yeah that was a miss uh you, you can you can watch it i'd be happy to provide a copy so uh no, yeah, wait, so, no i did see that you guys complained it was one of the worst movies you've ever seen and i thought that maybe um it wasn't as bad as you were saying interesting it's coming okay. back to me like a little bit yeah <laughs> um, yeah well it did have a great yeah. creature effects on that film it i, I like that. that about it i thought like yeah i remember that yeah really good practical effects there are definitely slow parts of the film. 
bad parts of the film, but I think by far not the worst that we've seen. You guys were very down on very, it. Very, very possible. There, there, there are some pretty horrendous films. I think I did pick that as the worst one we've watched, however, I'm not <laughs> sure. You guys can go back and listen to our, our uh, recap of the first 100 films we've covered on Colton Classic Films podcast. So Willow Creek follows these two people as they interview locals, some are believers, some are not, of Bigfoot in the town of Willow Creek, all of Blair Witch. Um, the parallel is very strong in this movie, and certainly they were well aware of it. Bobcat Goldthwait actually through production called it, um, uh, I think, the, the Blair Squatch project. Um, he was well aware of that concept. Uh, so they interview some people, and then they go to go actually uh, hike in camp into the woods where the footage was shot. Now they are turned away by a belligerent, uh, as as lead character played by Johnson says, redneck. And so they cut through the woods on a questionable path. And they do end up getting to where they want to go. They find the creek. And then they start having horrible, horrible, scary things happen while they're in the tent at night. Again, yes, this sounds a lot like the Blair Witch Project. Uh, when they survive the night, they try and get back the way they came and they get lost. Yes, this sounds like the Blair Witch Project. When they get lost, then uh, all hell breaks loose and uh, we we get the common premise of the found footage horror film, meaning they were not found, the footage was. So this movie, we'll get into the the some of the nuances, some of the things that are, are common. Bobcat Goldthwait talked about this movie. He said, um, yes, the Blair Witch um, has been copied many times. He said, but part of the problem is, is that a lot of the movies that copy it, they throw away the stuff that actually worked as opposed to um, sticking with the, the tension of not knowing, things like that. And I, I think that's definitely apparent in this movie. He did not want to show us Bigfoot. And listeners, again, if you're new to the pod, we do give spoilers. I don't really believe spoilers in a way, unless you have a gotcha movie, um, they're not going to ruin the experience. But if you do want to see this movie before you, hear the ending and all that stuff then uh go ahead and uh watch it and come back so willow creek mandy what were you expecting from willow creek 2013 and what did you get oh i was expecting more like movie movie i was i was actually surprised because i didn't know anything about mm. it that this was like a mockumentary or found footage film um even honestly like until they got to the tent scene that you're talking about like you know very blair witch uh I didn't necessarily think that it was going to be like a found footage film. I thought it was just going to continue to kind of be like a mockumentary style film with, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where like I thought it was going to end, but it was meandering yeah. kind of anyway. So it's so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I didn't, I was first off, I, I didn't know anything about it. I was surprised by the actual, like um, the, kind of the premise and structure of the film and then watching it. Uh, I mean, you've already said it. It's just like, I got really, really bored because it was just like a re a re envisioning of the Blair Witch like movie or like other found footage movies that I've seen, which we've seen several. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't really feel like there was any kind of extra spice put into it. Like a different, mm -hmm. not much, like other than the whole Bigfoot angle, like, okay, they're there. Right to try and find Bigfoot versus there to try and find like a witch lives in the woods or there to try right. to find some other kind of thing. Uh, it was just the same, the same movie. Like, I I think I texted you during the tent scene and I was like, oh, I hate these. Like, I hate these. I'm so bored <laughs> of talking in tents because there's scary yes. noises outside. 
I am not scared. Um, and it was funny because like I'd had a conversation with someone specifically earlier in the evening about how like, oh, don't watch scary movies before you go to bed. Like, you know, it's like really bad for like your brain or your sleep hygiene or whatever. And I was like, oh, good thing I'm not watching a scary movie before I go to bed. <laughs> scary. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Other people might find it scary. I just, it's seen it so many times. It just, I wasn't. Yeah. It didn't hook me. It didn't hook me. It's, it's uh, fair. Yeah. That's a, f- that Sorry, said, I, I thought the production uh-huh. value was really well. I thought the mm-hmm. acting was really good. Um, like their sets or like, you know, like the areas that they chose to film mm-hmm. in, I were very believable. Uh, and they're the all real. So, yeah. Yeah. They're all real places. And like the chemistry between that, the actors was very good um and believable uh so like like i mean it was like it was all good except that i still didn't like it so like, fair you know? well we we often have jeff on the pod and he talks he has similar things to say sometimes he's like it was not that it was bad it's just that i was not hooked it was not for me um yeah. i i do like this movie um i think that you're right the production is right they the, do the sound right but it's one thing I'll always say is whenever I watch a mockumentary, like a, a mockumentary found footage film like this, always I have subtitles on because there are so often sort of by for believable necessity, they have these radical changes in audio levels because most of the time they're just talking. Then other times they're huffing and puffing and screaming. And then other times they're in a tent whispering because there's a monster outside, right? We get that in Blair Witch. We get that here. We get that in Paranormal Activity, many of the entries. So I find that I end up always, unless I'm in the theater, because, you know, especially larger, produ- you know, larger distributed productions to theaters like Paranormal Activity, et cetera, they're very careful about making it audible. Whereas, you know, watching it at home, you you don't have that kind of, um practiced uh, presentation coming in so i have them on and it does help it also makes me always feel for those of us who are hard of hearing because there are always the occasional typo uh in 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 the closed captioning it's shocking how little people um proofread the closed captioning of films because it is tiring uh i've done it it is a lot of work it is no fun but um i always find that fascinating and bizarre so this movie, a part of the the thing, and I, it's by design, I think, but I understand because it's a divisive movie. They're basically we seem to be on each side that everybody has. Either they really liked this movie and thought it was very effective, or they just thought it was super dull. Um, and I get, I liked it, but I do get the dull part, especially since, as you suggested, the first. I mean, it's a short film. And just like every found footage movie, even the great ones, uh, and I think this one is pretty good, they feel longer than they are. Like way, way longer than they are. This is an hour and 19 minutes. It is a short movie, but it does feel longer because we're seeing people do mundane things. And it, you know, the goal being it's a slow burn. That coupled with the fact that the movie is not a horror film or a scary film for the first 50 minutes, maybe um or or very close to that is pretty extreme right because it's setting up a totally different vibe you're having fun watching these two people you get that there's tension right like they seem to get along really well but um it bothers him that she doesn't believe and isn't opening to believe when he really does Uh, and she's like look what does it matter i'm going along with you i i you know this is it's fine we can believe in different things which i feel like that's a pretty realistic conversation that that new couples would have 
I think so the the tent scene in particular there is one very long tent scene it's actually an 18 minute straight scene shot there's no cutting in in the 18 minute scene and it's fascinating how they did it I think that it was effective for me but it is probably a little long if you could construct it better or or differently but the way they did it is they actually had uh, Bobcat Goldthwait and several other crew members were outside the tent doing the Bigfoot activity, right? There's stuff that touches the tent, there's sounds, whatever, there's growls. And he had earpieces in so he could hear the dialogue inside the tent. So he could they could actually react real time to what they were ad-libbing inside the tent. Um, it worked for me. It is very long. It's also sort of the linchpin of the whole premise, right? Because that's the turning point. Things have maybe been a little spooky once or twice, but not not so much. And then that's the big moment, right? And it does have a buildup because it starts with just small noises here and there, and then actual growling outside the tent, throwing of things, ripping of things, you know, just sounds. Um, and I definitely feel like if you're not on board throughout that whole thing, the movie's lost you because it's a very long scene that also is critical to to buying into the plot right the other aspect that i thought was interesting so i appreciate i think i think bobcat did a really cool job imagining how he would do these things right like i think that was very smart and that sort of points to like the production value um also there he uses as you mentioned he uses all of the scenery in willow creek all of the bigfoot tourist stuff you know the murals um the big wood statues uh, etc. Uh, I like too that unlike in Blair Witch, where which is a little bit more complicated, I, I would say in its structure, they everybody they talk to has some sort of story or lore. I think it's very telling that in this movie, the first several of the people, but the first person especially that they come across the interview who runs like a big like a town info booth or whatever, which is heavily Bigfoot related. She's not a believer and she doesn't believe it at all. And she gives him absolutely nothing as he's interviewing her. And I think that that was sort of a meta presentation of what it's like to be a Bigfoot believer, right? Because it's very, it's a very hard sell for most people. And even and, and the fact that they did it, so even in a movie about Bigfoot being real, the first person that they talk to tells them that it's they think it's rubbish and he's even like well if you saw bigfoot what would happen she's like nothing because i don't think i'd ever see a bigfoot because i don't believe in him you know yeah. it's just so like it's so out there um yeah. there's also so the first indication of something kind of spooky we get or, or or foreshadowing is they're in a burger place bigfoot burger uh which is actually a different i believe it's named something else in real life but uh they i mean i want a bigfoot burger now i do too i'm so hungry um, yeah, they actually have like Bigfoot, the foot shaped burgers. Yeah. Um, they see on the wall like a missing sign of a woman in glasses. Uh, and, and she's, you know, dressed up in glasses. Whatever. And they, they kind of talk about how everybody in those photos is smiling, which is not how you would find someone who's been missing. Uh, but that woman is the photo is actually the casting agent, the local casting agent uh, for the movie. And then at the end of the movie, during the big running away chase scene, which is very similar to not the final scene of Blair Witch, but the scene where they are running through and you think you might spot the Blair Witch as the camera's thrown everywhere and they're all screaming. Um, we see a, a, a filthy nude woman that just like shows up right in front. 
of the of the camera. And I apologize, listeners, if you're hearing a strange huffing sound, my kitten is deciding to use this moment to throw up directly behind me. So, <laughs> yay. Um, yeah. Real right, life buddy. is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay, so uh, back to Bigfoot. Um, interestingly, that woman is the same woman in the missing photo uh, who's nude at the end. And this is something that without multiple watches or, or reading trivia about the film, et cetera, you wouldn't know, which I think is an awesome detail. Um, when they go, when they first go to the woods, they're turned away by this, this angry redneck guy. Uh, he is wearing the necklace that the missing woman had on in her photograph, which adds an interesting layer because you don't know then what what's happening right you're like it could be is there even a bigfoot i mean it, it's implied that there certainly is but uh missing woman lost in the woods yet another man has her necklace and tells people to stay away like is you really it leaves enough open um, about what the truth of what's out there is happening is it just a bunch of angry uh, you know an angry psychopath is it um, a bigfoot or as is the case implied several bigfoot big feet Oh, that's a good question. Bigfoots? I don't know how you plural this, but uh, several Sasquatches. And interestingly, also, and I've used interesting a lot because I've been thinking about this film for quite a long time, The there's the implication, uh, us foreshadowing Bigfoot's Bride next week, that Bigfoot is is keeping women Right. There's sort of this because this woman's been missing and she's still alive in the woods. So is it a breeding thing? I mean, we get it's sort of a very disturbing, but it's also a very classic like 50s monster movie like Mars Needs Women kind of thing. Um, you know, the monsters always take the beautiful woman, et cetera. Um, it so leads to my standards are the same as ours. Uh, clearly. Well, and also, you know, I mean, we we can talk about whether the, maybe maybe they just have really specific types or maybe they're just really, you know, really, really open. Um, you know, they're their tinder profile is just all comers um i don't i'm not sure uh what a lot of people would think about that i do think that they've got this great ending that harkens to the the end of paranormal activity which um i believe was after this film uh but is is sort of a similar moment where listeners who've seen it and i do recommend paranormal activity even those people that don't like it it's sort of important that you've seen it and i'm wrong it's actually uh, six years prior, 2007 was paranormal activity. So it makes sense then to have this as sort of an homage. At the end of that movie, we get a scene where the possessed character at the end sort of lunges at the camera. And it's the first real fat, it's the first real action shot in the movie and also the last shot. So it's spooky. Um, in this, we get a very good fast action shot as well of uh, what we presume is uh, Bryce Johnson's character's body being drugged quickly backward through the woods after he's been mauled and attacked as the camera just drags along. And that was, I thought, a good a good moment because anytime, yes, technically it's a jump scare, but it's a jump scare that works not because you're something's jumping into frame, which is traditionally why it's called that, uh, or, or you know, it's to make you jump, but that is also it's really usually things popping out is what causes a jump scare or is called a jump scare. This is actually a complete change in tempo, right? You have not moved that quickly in this movie. 
Um, things physically cannot, you know, they have packs on, there's a camera. If you, if you move too quickly with a camera and you're, you're actually holding a camera, because a lot of times they're not using a steady camera, they're using a really um, jiggly steady cam, you, you cause too much nausea in the audience. And so it's it, by design, things feel slower more realistic, more deliberate, more lumbering. And then you have this burst of fast action, which is startling. So I don't, I don't know. I said earlier that this movie is very much like Blair Witch. Like you said, it's almost a template of Blair Witch with, with the Bigfoot put over it. But I think part of the reason why it doesn't for me quite attain a Blair Witch level is the lore is not as strong or as new. Now, that's not to say, I think they're striking for realism a little bit more. And the reason I say that is because for Bigfoot believers who, especially contemporary believers who are, have watched the shows, you know, Finding Bigfoot, Expedition Bigfoot, all of it, et cetera, they're, they, Bobcat puts in every single thing, except for the smell. A lot of people say that there's a very strong odor uh, that goes along with Bigfoot, probably because of the, similar crypto uh, cryptozoid the skunk ape but the reason okay. yeah there's there's, there's so he's like you know they're very large animalish primate right primate i would imagine there would be an odor it's, sure especially you know i mean that's it's that's kind of territory 101 right is mm -hmm. is odor so um that makes sense but that's the only thing that's not referenced in here everything else that's kind of current bigfoot lore is the the knocking on trees the sticks knocking on trees being used to communicate the um the the hooting uh the or, or as he calls the movie vocalizations you know the sort of almost morning dove owl sort of hoots across and then you have these long howls you know, oh, kind of things uh and i believe bobcat goldthwaite's responsible for all of the bigfoot sounds in this movie uh particularly effective i thought were the actual like growl snorty sounds outside of the tent those are Mm. sort of inherently threatening um but it was it was they were well done be, and they're very important which i think is why bobcat probably wanted to do them himself because you need to straddle the line between a human could make this noise but it's also possible that they just quite couldn't right it has to ride the line between is this real like is this really a monster or is this a person um which is of course what so many people hinges that the belief right that so many people hinge on is whether or not uh a person could could actually create the the i'm using air quotes evidence that we have that bigfoot's real so they have and of course he has footprints big footprints etc so from a bigfoot fan standpoint i think bobcat checks all the boxes uh and he also he has the throwing stones thing which is very common in bigfoot sighting and sighting and lore um he has even the the bit of hair and tissue left on a tree stump you know that is so often a trope in bigfoot film and movies and stories etc so we have all that um and that lore is there but because that lore is i think more maybe more well known but also sort of more prosaic like those are things you would actually look for when you're looking for a real animal it doesn't quite have the fictional power that the Blair Witch lore has, you know, which is like, how are all these strange mysteries connected? Oh, these suicides, these murders, there's a monster in the woods, right? Like the the, yeah. the tree, the, the hanging um, 
sort of folklore crafty stick stick figures you know that they find all of those things they don't really have that in here and i you couldn't put it in and maintain the sort of proximity to the real bigfoot believer tropes um and i think that kind of hurts it a little bit as far as the interest goes like i think it makes it so bigfoot fanatics are probably super stoked about it it's, it's often called the most realistic bigfoot film um and then but other people who are not they just want to see a horror movie maybe it's not going to pull them in the same way something like the Blair Witch did there's I do think the character I I guess you'd call them arcs um, there are arcs but it's it's not really built it's not a character driven film really um well maybe it is because they do spend a lot of time developing these characters but regardless there are some moments that I think are quite effective Believe, I guess you should say believable. For example, I usually hate when you have a group and the woman of the group breaks down and starts sobbing, like, I can't do this. And then often they run backwards. They're like, no, don't go. And then they get attacked, blown up or killed or whatever the case is. That doesn't necessarily happen here. But we do get that Blair Witch moment where the girlfriend who's been the most sort of, uh, she she doesn't believe in Bigfoot, number one, um, but she breaks right at the it, later in the movie when they're lost and she's just, angry and crying and panicking which is a very believable response um but i think we're kind of as as film critics we become wary of the woman being the one that breaks down the you know all those things in this case though i kind of liked it because it felt it felt more than just somebody breaking down because they are because because they're the weaker sex or even because they're tired and whatever if it, it feels like she's broken because her entire belief system is thrown in the air right like she does not believe bigfoot could be real and yet she's gone through a night where she's been terrified and he's basically for most of it he's like she's like what is that and he's like just you know what it is right like i told you what it is the whole time uh and then finally when she does accept it then she's untethered uh mm -hmm. and 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 that so that made sense in a way that i think a lot of films that follow that same path do not make sense and become cliche. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Also, you you do limit yourself when you have only two characters, essentially. Like there's a couple of people at once twice, but the Blair Witch Project had several characters. I mean, what three? Uh, by the end, um, you had the. Do you have four originally? I can't even remember this I one. There but there's more four. than. There are four. That, I was thinking there were four to start. I'm pretty sure. Well, you have you have the the yes, the girl, the guy, and of course, and then the friend, the guy that they don't know, who's like mm -hmm. there for the film equipment and stuff. And then I think a third friend. But anyway, we're go back and listen to our episode on uh, Blair Witch Project, which we did uh, <laughs> some time ago to get the, the actual correct details on that. But yeah, you had more people to interplay between, different people to hold the camera. This one, you have two people to go back and forth. So I think the short running time is smart. And there are a lot of different visual like scene changes. Even though you're in the woods for almost the whole thing, we're only in the tent one night. Whereas Blair Witch, we are in the tent several times. We are walking through the woods on several different days. It mm -hmm. does start to feel too repetitive. And this one, they're like, nope, they're in the town. 
then they're in the woods, they're in the tent, and then they're running, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a smarter structure, because, especially, especially because we, Blair Witch is no longer new, right? This format is no longer uh, a novelty surprise in and of itself. So I think that they were well aware of that, and it was smart to keep it brisk. Uh, so let's move on to the recommendations. Uh, Mandy, would you recommend Willow Creek from 2013 by Bobcat Goldway? If so, why and to who? I don't know. This one feels like a pass for me, as you <laughs> probably would have guessed from everything that I said already. Um, I guess it would be like if if you're thinking that you might want to go to Bigfoot Town, like watch this because uh, there's like <laughs> a lot of good scenery. And uh, either it'll save you the trip or, or it will, you know, help you make up your mind. And then, you know, like it could be helpful in that way. Um, the rest of it was kind of like a snooze for me. Like, like you know, like my brother would say, Fair. I wasn't the right audience for this. Uh, but it was a very well-made film. I do respect that, especially respect um, the, the difficulty of these found footage or like mockumentary actors where they are acting like they act badly. You know, like when right. they are on, yes. like in the film, like, you know, story where they are on film, they are awkward. Um, they, t you know, like they yeah. act like they're people who don't know how to act that are acting. And I find that amazing. And then, it's like, got, when yeah, just, it's got to be know, a huge mind. When mind they're off, essentially. off, quote unquote, off camera, like just being themselves for the movie, like they're great actors. And I found that right. to be like the probably the most interesting part for me um of the film and like i i enjoy that specifically in the front end that's a great <laughs> point yeah that's a great point especially because we start like almost right there like they're in the car and then the first scene is uh is is lexi gilmore's character holding the camera and bryce johnson is basically giving the intro to the documentary and it's <laughs> so amateur and so like like you said bad like he's he's bad yeah, he's at his job bad actor, and yet, yeah and and yet you know he's not because then when they're actually going on to the thing he's phenomenally realistic like it feels like mm -hmm. like with paranormal activity it feels like we're watching two real people who aren't actors but the mm -hmm. sort of the difficulty of actually giving that to us has got to be sort of monumental and i think it was a smart choice by bobcat goldthwaite as well because some things like paranormal activity and i'm saying not saying they didn't do a good job in that but they did uh, but oftentimes it's seen as a shortcut with making one of these movies. Well, they're supposed to be real. So we'll put real people in that doesn't always work because real people do not know how to present in a movie. Right. I think of, um, uh, uh, <laughs> was it, was it, oh, Nguyen's Birdemic shock and terror where, uh, you know, the lead character Rod, it's like, he bless his heart. He does not know how to walk when the camera turns on right like it's just like one you know click and then he just becomes an alien does not know how to operate and that is real that happens our longtime contributor tad i swear to god he is he is much better now but uh when we did short films back in the day i would lose it and laugh hysterically sometimes because i would give him directions i remember and this is telling stories out of school but i i dad has to listen to this i remember we actually, I directed a, a prison orientation film for the Merrimack County Department of Corrections uh, when they opened the new one in New Hampshire. And I directed it and they needed people to be inmates for it because they originally were like, well, we'll just use 
um, our staff. They'll pretend to be inmates. And then they decided that wouldn't look good for the actual inmates to see the staff in that sort of position. So I was like, well, I know people like this. So I, our, our friend, um, our, 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 our friend, uh, Swell Greg and, and Tad were inmates. And Tad was asked to pretend he was painting a wall with a paintbrush. And literally, he put the paintbrush, the dry brush, to the wall and just held it there. And that and just held it there. And I was like, Tad, move the brush. And he just started to infinitesimally pull the brush down the wall. And I'm making fun of Tad. Love you, Tad. But it's true though. Your brain, if you're not familiar with performing like in front of people, the camera is like people, right? So you it's like something switches in your head and you become hyper conscious of every single movement, how you look, all these things, and it just seizes you up and you cannot be human. Um, and it's, it's I'm like that when anyone just tries to take my picture. So, yeah, you know, yeah, like... oh, yeah. I always get the grimace face. They're like, smile, my like, ah. like, yeah, really horrified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally. So, uh, now that we've told those stories, but the, the other, <laughs> they do, they do great. Um, I really love the cast. Uh, Bryce Johnson, Alexa Gilmore, excellent work. Uh, we will definitely, I'll, I'll, take special note every time I see you on a TV show or another movie coming out. But I do recommend this movie. Um, if you like found footage horror films, and if you're a Bigfoot believer or a Bigfoot fan, or you've watched all the shows, this I think is a pretty solid imagining of what it would be like to be in a dangerous Bigfoot encounter. Um, and it's, it's not, it's not really insanely unrealistic you know we'll talk about bigfoot's bride next week which i think is going to be a very different experience uh for for the big oh, for the big it was it was different <laughs> it was different i'm very excited to talk about it um yeah so this was a very realistic approach and it was sort of i think bobcat goldpoint saw blair witch and said oh this is the perfect template to tell a good like a, a real bigfoot story so, and I think that, that was what he set out to do, and I think he achieved it. <clears throat> but if you don't like found footage films, and there are many people who do not, understandably, because of the things we've mentioned, <laughs> Mandy's waving, uh, then you may not find enough to, to hold your interest. But if you like them, if you like Blair Witch, and it doesn't make you nauseous to think of trying another one, I think this is one of the better ones for sure. So give it a shot. Uh, follow Bobcat Goldthwait. Remember, Bobcat Goldthwait, by the way, we act like he's a new director. He may be a new feature director, but he's actually, he's directed tons of comedy specials and he's directed a lot of um, special TV specials. He even directed an episode of AJ and the Queen with RuPaul Charles, uh, which I'm sad it got canceled. I did enjoy that show. But any who's it's, thank you so much for listening to Culture Classic Films Podcast. Please remember to go and sign up for our free newsletter, uh, which will be forthcoming. Just need your email. That's all we need. Just go to cultandclassicfilms.com slash newsletter. And uh, if you're listening to this as it comes out, if you do so before 4.30, 2023, you're entered to win a 4K classic film pack from uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. And if it's after 4.30, don't worry. Sign up because we'll have new giveaways coming uh, with shocking regularity. So thank you so much for listening. Please rate us all the stars, all the thumbs up, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us and subscribe on youtube colton classic podcast and find us on instagram colton classic podcast 
Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. This is you make this work and we love it and we appreciate it. So we will catch you next week with part two of Squatch Watch Bigfoot's Bride. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.